So before we hop into today's episode, I did want to just give a little bit of a disclaimer. We are not medical professionals. This is not medical advice. Um, We just wanted to share some things from our own experiences, but uh, please don't take anything we're saying as medical advice. Just speak with your healthcare provider if you guys have questions. Um, We just wanted to share a little bit about our experiences with uh, pre-pregnancy and pregnancy. And along with that, I also wanted to give a disclaimer that we are going to be talking about uh, female health, women's health, all those kinds of things. And so if that's not something you're comfortable hearing us talk about, now is your chance to turn this off. Um, and um, also if you you know maybe are listening and your children are nearby, and again, it's nothing inappropriate, but we do just are talking about women's health and pregnancy and conception. And so, um, you know, if that's not something that maybe you want them to hear or you think that they're ready to hear, we just wanted to let you know ahead of time. So, you know, maybe throw on your headphones or listen to this when they're not around. But we are um, excited to talk about this today. It's obviously a super important thing as mothers, and um, we hope that you can be um, encouraged or just even enjoy listening to us talk about our experiences. And um, anyway, so let's hop into the episode today. I'm Stacy, And I'm Emily. We're Christians, wives, moms, and best friends. We always knew motherhood would change our lives. Little did we know how much. We're here to talk about the challenges and victories we all encounter day to day. Motherhood is a journey, and there is so much joy to be found. You're listening to Mom Calling. Well, hey guys, welcome back to Mom Calling. We're glad to have you guys back this week. Hey guys. So we are finally wrapping up our birth series. It feels like this took us 10 years to record. <laughs> we And I kind of knew that was going to happen when we started doing this because it's just like for anyone who has had a baby, it's like processing it and sharing it is just this layered thing that I feel like can take hours. So, um, and there's just always so much to share and process. So, um, and we didn't actually end up getting to postpartum last week. We were originally going to make birth and postpartum one episode, but that didn't end up happening. So we are going to wrap it up tonight talking about postpartum. And um, as we were sitting here kind of getting ready to start recording tonight, we, we've we been talking and I just thought I'd share this because I feel like other people out there probably feel the same way. It's so relatable. And just about how, yeah, how time just passes so quickly and differently once you're an adult and specifically I think once you have kids and how um you know it just time just goes so much faster and as well as when we think about how old we are and like we kind of think back to when we were younger and people that we knew that were our age that like were the age that we are now and how they seemed so mature and cool and had their life together and now we're just like you know and when's now that we gonna don't happen? really feel like we have our <laughs> lives together we don't really feel that cool I yeah. honestly still feel like I'm like 16 mm-hmm. I'm like when wh- who, like how am I old enough to be married much less have kids <laughs> yeah That's but yeah it's so like funny. But I think the thing is we were talking and like the truth truth be told, I don't think it's really that we aren't there yet. It's that like 
when we were kids and we saw like our parents or other adults, as a child looking at them, they just seem like they know what they're doing and have it together. But in reality, you know, I think they were probably just like us and like just figuring it out and, you know, probably wishing they could feel more like adults, like they felt like their parents were, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's just common experience of human existence to never really quite feel like you have it together. (laughs) Well, yeah, I feel like we look at people now, you know, I mean, my mom and dad are 60. They're, you know, about to be 61. And I look at them and I don't think they're old, but like, you know, I mean, 60, Mm -hmm. 61, like it seems kind of, you know, they're getting up there. But I know that like when I am 60, 61 years old, I will I probably feel the same way that I feel now. You know what I mean? As far as like, oh, I don't feel this old, right. you know, like, I don't know. My parents do all the things. Mm-hmm. They keep up, you know, I don't know. But I feel like when we were kids and we saw somebody that was 60 years old, it was like, wow, that's your grandma. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. Good times. Yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> Age and time is so weird. Like, it just, it's so weird. I mean, and it, it does feel like, because I remember people always saying that, that like the older you get, the faster it goes. And especially once you have kids. And it does seem like that. And honestly, I think a lot of that is just because you're a lot busier. At least, you know, like, yeah, I think when you're younger and you're you're really only taking care of yourself, not that you're not busy, but you it's have like no priorities. Mental- you know what I mean? You're not paying for anything. You like your job is like wake up, eat whatever food was either prepared for you or like is ex- in existence in your home, and then mm-hmm. you go to school. And like at school, mm-hmm. you don't. I mean, I hate to say you don't make your own choices, but you don't. Like they're like, oh, here's the material. You know, this is what mm-hmm. needs to get done for today, and then you do mm-hmm. it. And then mm-hmm. you go home and you like, oh, being a kid was so easy. Go home, yeah, wait for like, your mom to make dinner. Like, <laughs> I want to go back. Well, I want my mom like, to make dinner. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is like the mental planning too. Because it's like, aside from even just the work of, of you know, making money or cooking food, it's like the just mental planning of making every making sure everything is working and getting done. And like when you're a kid, like, yeah, you might have chores and things like that, but you don't have that like mental load of making sure the house is running properly and oh, everything's yeah. getting done. And that when you're like, a kid, you, you know, don't your kids care. Are taking care of. Yeah. You don't care if the house got dusted this week when you're a kid. But like as an adult, I'm like, all right, add that to my to-do list. I want to dust the house. Got to change the sheets, you know. But when mm-hmm. you're a kid you only do it if you're told. <laughs> like, Right. You don't care. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's like if you go from, you know, really not having to worry about all that stuff to now you're thinking about that stuff like all the time every day. It's like no wonder time goes so much faster, you know? Yeah. You have so, so much to think about. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, all that to say that we um, hope that We are not the only ones who feel like this. I'm confident that we are not. But anyway, (laughs) um, we are going to talk about postpartum tonight and just share, again, a little bit of our experiences. And I know we kind of talked about this last week, but 
just to <clears throat> excuse me, just to say it again, you know, these are just very limited perspectives from two people and our personal experiences. Like there is such a wide variety of experiences that you can have like that you know, just always remember that and because I know last week both of us have had fairly difficult birth experiences, you know, with at least one of our our births. And so I don't want that to make it sound like, oh, well, this is just how birth is. Because there's some people's births who, like, go so smoothly, so quickly. Well, and that's and not that uncommon. Like, but, you know, then they're sick and all of that. Like, they're totally fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, well, yep. good for you. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's like everybody is different. And so, you know – when you look at birth and postpartum and all of that, there are a lot of similarities, you know, because it all kind of functions the same way. But the way that we all handle these things and stuff like that is going to vary from person to person. And honestly, a lot of that goes back to your own personal health. So what is your gut health like? How's your liver functioning? Um, you know, do you have some like mental health issues before pregnancy or in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of these things play into the whole experience, you know, and if you might have nausea more than, you know, your neighbor had nausea or um, it's like I hemorrhaged with my first birth, but I was totally fine with my second. And so mm-hmm. I think, again, it just goes back to like, your own personal, like what is happening inside your own body kind of a thing. Yeah. And also just that like when you hear, you know, difficult or potentially scary birth stories, you know, because if if you're anything like, you know, me when I was pregnant, I listened to a lot of birth stories and some of them are very encouraging and then other ones are like, you know, and so I think, you know, the important thing to remember is just if you hear something that sounds difficult or scary is that, you know, don't let it cripple you. Don't let it get you down. Just just take that information and realize, okay, you know, this is a possibility. So if something like that were to happen, I just need to have a plan. I need to have, you know, how am I going to deal with that? But then realize that, again, like we said, you know, before – that our bodies were designed to do this. So, you know, it, if you just remember that and trust, you know, trust that, that a lot of the time things do, do go smoothly. And, um, you know, and just don't let it cause you fear, but just let it help you remember to be prepared is really. Yeah. And we I need to remember. And that's a process I've had to go through. Yeah, exactly. And we need to remember, you know, to always trust God in these situations. You know, it's not always Mm -hmm. easy. And when you get yourself worked up or you're nervous, I know that even though I knew what was coming with birth and and postpartum and things like that, it still made me nervous. You know, it still made me like Mm -hmm. have anxiety about it. But I think that if you think about it too much and you allow yourself to like go down that path, Satan will try and use that against you. He will try and cripple you in fear instead of what Christ wants to do and empower you about the whole experience. You know, it's a really cool experience and it's tough work. Mm -hmm. You know, you're growing a human inside you. Like, I mean, it's tough work and then you have to like push it out. Like it's not easy, but 
You know, honestly, whenever that was happening, I thought back to people in the Bible times and I was like, man, like we at least have like modern technology now, you know, like we're in a bed, like in a hospital pushing this baby out. And like, if something were to happen, we have medical people like right there surrounding us, like ready to go. And I was just thinking, you know, before about even like Mary giving birth to Jesus, like she gave birth to Jesus in a dirty stable. Like probably, you know, maybe it was cold. Maybe it wasn't like, I don't know. And I can't even imagine, just imagine. And then like everything that, you know, we're going to talk about tonight postpartum, it's like she had to go through that. (laughs) Like I remember getting these giant diaper, underwear, panty things in the room because, you know, you're bleeding after and stuff. And just like imagine like being Mary in a stable and like you don't have that. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. It's weird that we have to wear these big diaper things, but like, I mean, at least we have them. All right. Well, before we get into this too far here, um, I have a little mom fact for us and it is about um, postpartum. And specifically, postnatal depletion. So basically, we all know that when you're pregnant, it takes a lot out of you because you have to think about your mineral stores and vitamins, all these things like in your own body before you get pregnant. And then when you're growing a baby, your body has to take from that and give it to the baby. You know, it's taking Mm -hmm. it and moving it around to make this child and then to help this child, you know, thrive and survive and things like that. So of course we can only imagine that our bodies are going to, um, be getting depleted. So there's actually, um, this doctor, Dr. Oscar Sarah I don't know. I totally butchered his name. I'm so sorry, but it's Dr. Oscar. That's what we're going with. Dr. Oscar S. Dr. Oscar. Uh, yeah. Not not to be confused with Dr. Oz. This is Dr. Oscar. <laughs> um, anyways, he um, had a popular book, and it was called Postnatal Depletion Cure. And um, basically, it is a term, postnatal depletion um, is a term referring to the combination of physical, hormonal, and emotional depletions that a mother can experience after giving birth. Fatigue is one of the most common problems that women experience during the postpartum period, and it's also a pretty big indicator of postnatal depletion. Another one was experiencing brain fog, hypervigilance, self-doubt, low energy levels, hair loss, and a sense of frustration, overwhelm, and anxiety in the months after giving birth. And it actually said, and just to throw this out there, postnatal depletion is different, obviously, than postpartum depression. Um, Postpartum depression is a serious mental illness that um, causes intense feelings of anxiety, sadness, and despair. So just keeping that in mind, you know, and that's something that we'll touch a little bit on after the mom fact, because I do have some things that I would like to say about that. But uh, the postnatal depletion is very common 
this Dr. Oscar said that he believed that over 50% of mothers suffer from some degree of postnatal depletion. And what I thought was very interesting is how long it can last. So everyone's experience of postnatal depletion is a different is different and some women may deal with the condition for longer than others. Typically mothers begin to feel the first effects of postnatal depletion in the months after giving birth and gradually start feeling better as their nutrition and sleep improve. So again, going back to what I said before, the key is basically foundational support. So um, like how are we sleeping at night? How is our hydration? How are our minerals, our our fats and and things like that? You know, it all needs to be in balance for our body to thrive so that our body can replenish what we have lost, you know. And it's a it's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of women number one they don't know that and they don't understand it. And then what do a lot of people go right for as soon as they pop a baby out? Once they get past being tired and their doctor clears them, they want to go work out or, you know, some kind of working out to try and get their body back or get some form of tone. And so that's something that you really want to be careful with because if your body is already in a state of depletion and you're running on fumes and you're not sleeping and then you're like, oh, I need to work out. I need to work out. Like, your body is just going to deplete even more and your cortisol levels are going to like spike even higher. And it's just, unfortunately, it's just this vicious cycle. And then when your cortisol is up really high, it depletes like magnesium and things like that. So anyways, just something to keep in in mind. But Mm -hmm. um, for many women, postnatal depletion lasts much longer and it's possible for the condition to hang around for up to 10 years after giving birth, which I thought was like wow, wild. Um, but yeah, so that's my mom fact. So if you are um, postpartum and you're feeling like, you know, you're losing your mind or whatever, you probably are. I mean, you just had a baby <laughs> and it's like a huge transition. And, you know, it's like I just said, you got to give yourself grace and you need to really try and prioritize these different things, you know, like getting enough sleep, which I know is so difficult because they say like sleep when your baby sleeps, but that might be easier said than done with baby number one. But if you have more than one child and now you have toddlers running around, like you're not sleeping in the middle of the day. I mean, maybe some people are, but I never could because (laughs) you're worried about your other child's safety. But you really do want to prioritize your um, your minerals and and just rebalancing your body. Like even things as simple as getting in high quality fats and things like that on a daily basis. Trying to eat within thirty minutes of waking um, to rebalance your metabolism and things like that. That will all aid in the efforts of rebalancing your body overall and helping you to get back on the path to success. Wow. Yeah, it's no joke. Like pregnancy and birth and postpartum. It's it's amazing how much it really does take from your from your body, like and how much it takes to rebuild your body. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely. Yeah. Did you feel like you noticed but, 
any of these kinds of things with your kids or any kind of postpartum depression? I mean, yeah, for the depletion thing, as you're reading it, I'm like 100%. And I feel like it's been much harder for me with Judah than it was with Penelope. And I think part of that is she started sleeping through the night like very young. I think she – I remember the first time she slept – I think she slept – I remember it because it was – she slept for nine hours when she was nine weeks old, like nine hours straight. Wow. And she started sleeping through the night probably at like three months, maybe four. Um, And so – but with Judah, he's 10 months now and he is still waking up two to three times a night to eat. So um, anyway, so yeah, I think it's definitely been a lot harder this time with Judah, mainly due to the sleep, um, the lack of sleep. And, like, even though, you know, so, like, you're still resting even when you're nursing them, right? So, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's not that you're up and he's crying and I'm up with him for, like, an hour because he's crying. But I think it's more so when your sleep's just continually interrupted. Yes. You, you know can't what I'm saying? get in, like, a good REM sleep. Right. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing is because he's just so big um, – that I think it's also just been a lot harder physically because, you know, um, up until he was six months, you know, because when babies are really little, you carry them almost all the time. And then, you know, the older they get, once they can sit up and then crawl, you know, they start spending more time on the floor. But but with him, he was like the size of like a one-year-old when he was, I don't even know, <laughs> a few months old. He's huge. He's huge. And so – you know, but you're typically not carrying for, you know, I guess most people, you're not carrying a one-year-old around all day, all the time. Yeah. But if you have like a four-month-old that's the size of a one-year-old, then it's, so I think it's just also taken a much more like toll on my, like my back and things like that this time. Um, And so, and then again, because like when it's not your first child, you know, I can't, take you know like yeah as many breaks or naps like I could you know you can with your first like Emily was saying where when they're sleeping you can sleep um and and things like that and and um and then yeah it's just like with every child it's like more work more you know more things to keep track of and so I think it's definitely been a lot harder this time um to recover and restore, I guess, if that's the right word. But, um, and then, yeah, I mean, as far as postpartum depression, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't know. So this is one of those things like, it's hard to know because I think, you know, you can experience depression or like anxiousness for a lot of reasons. And so I was never diagnosed with postpartum depression. I'll say that. Um, but I know with Penelope, I got intense, intense, what would be considered baby blues, but it was just really very dark um, and difficult for, I remember it was like days three through day six. Those three days like were just really hard. Um, And thankfully it was only, yeah, it was only those three days and not, you know, it didn't turn into postpartum depression, but, and most of that at that point is just your hormones are like 
jumbled mess Crazy. because There's, it's like a surge. And so it's just and and it's funny because then once you're out of it, you can see it as it was just a completely you know, like you can see how much it was hormones because of how quickly it changes. Um and then it's also just the initial adjustment of like I have a baby now and then you know they're crying and not sleeping and um and then you're recovering physically, you know. So I remember that with Penelope. And then and then you know when I got my postpartum infection with her, that led to some, you know, probably what I would say is depression and anxiety. Um but I don't think it was So here's the thing cuz I think I remember hearing this that technically postpartum depression is just any kind of depression you have in the postpartum period, which I think is one year. So it's like a hard thing depending on what you mean by postpartum depression. Yeah. But, um, and then with Judah, I was I was pretty good. I mean, I had the same thing. It was like, you know, those few first days there where your hormones are crazy. It was hard. And then actually postpartum with him, they there was a like little issue where my uterus wasn't going down properly. Um, you know, like I had after I had him, you have a 48 hour visit. And then I think then that's, you know, until your six week visit. But at my 48 hour check, the midwife was just concerned because my uterus was still um, higher than they, they would expect. And so, and it just wasn't going down. And so I ended up having to go to the emergency room and just to make sure I didn't have anything in my uterus still. And that was, they, they did see something, but they thought it was a blood clot, which they didn't think was a big deal. You know, it would just pass on its own. But then it was, and I was just then in this limbo period for like six weeks before I could finally get a clear ultrasound that showed that there was nothing left where like, I didn't know. I didn't know if it was a blood clot or if it was placenta that was going to turn into an issue like what happened to Emily. Yeah. And so it was very hard, you know, like being hormonal anyway and then yeah, living like just emotional. in that limbo for like six weeks of like not knowing like am I going to have to go to the emergency room am I going to have to have surgery or is everything just going to be fine you know um and thankfully everything was fine it must have been probably like they thought was a blood clot that just passed um you know or, or dissolved on its own so I think that was probably the hardest part with Judah was um was just that uncertainty and then I remember also randomly when I was like maybe four or six months postpartum, all of a sudden really getting um, like what I kind of started to think was postpartum depression or anxiety, which can happen. Like it can, you can get it much later too. It's not yeah. always like in the first six weeks. Um, but again, there was kind of other circumstances where it was like all at the same time where um, he was still not sleeping. We, we decided to potty train Penelope, and then she also was just really going through, through some very intense, like, two-year-old tantrumness, <laughs> and there was just a couple weeks where I – it was just so bad and just so intense and just – just I felt like I was just in a constant state of anxiousness because she was constantly upset and then, you know, upset about being potty, like pooping and potty training and just throwing tantrums. And then Judah wasn't sleeping. And um, you it. have it to give awful. yourself grace, you know, because it is mm -hmm. such a hard transition. And so that's one thing, at least with me, that I wish 
I've said this before, but I wish that I would have known then what I know now. And like, I can't go back, but I wish that like I did know, you know, the things that I do. And and one of the things is kind of what we shared, what I shared earlier about the depletion situation is like, I know for a fact that my body was super depleted. I know that my hormones were off. And so I'm like, I don't really know if I straight up had postpartum depression. I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. But I also think that we live in a society where like pharmaceuticals are handed out like it's no big deal. Like, oh, like, okay, well, you feel feel a little bit emotional? Here, take a pill. But I'm like, okay, was I feeling emotional because because I really, truly had postpartum depression because I didn't really feel depressed. I just felt like I could cry, you know, a whole bunch. But mm-hmm. my husband was also gone. He was deployed. I still had that placenta rotting inside my body. I was not sleeping because my child wasn't sleeping. And I was like a brand new mom, like trying to like figure it all out. So kind of like what you said there was mm-hmm. a couple of months there where it was like, oh my gosh, like a like so much is happening at once, you know, where I'm slightly anxious, but I'm slightly a little bit depressy, but I'm like, I could cry. But you know, like <laughs> I think back to it now with a clear head. And I'm like, all right, somebody should have told that girl she doesn't need to work out. Somebody should have just told that girl to go eat more food. And to just nourish her body. Like I've seen so many people recently having babies and, you know, people that I follow and they've just been talking and speaking life over like these nourishing foods, like sourdough bread. I'm like, man, think of like how good (laughs) or like these warm, like warm bone broths and warm soup and like things like that. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, man, you know, I was eating like chicken and broccoli and like protein bars. I don't know. <laughs> it's like my that's my thoughts. But not that I, we have anything I do against think broccoli, <laughs> except for it could cause gas and bloating. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cruciferous vegetable, anyways. Um, no, so my thought about that is just like I I would take postpartum one day at a time, one step at Mm -hmm. a time. And before like making any rash decision one way or the other, I would try and, and fill my buckets first. Are you eating nourishing foods? Are you restoring those minerals? Are you drinking mineral rich water? Are you, um, you know, trying anything to help balance your hormones. I know that there is um, a really great herbalist and she has all these tinctures and I love to use them. I currently use them. I use a couple of hers. One is called liver juice and one is called flow balance. And I love them, love them, love them. And I've run out because she sells out all the time and it's totally messed me up. Like, I like I it's because it's so good and I notice the difference. It makes such a difference that when I've run out, I'm like, oh my gosh. But she makes this one and it's called Natal Natal Nourish, Nato Nourish, something like that. 
And I can send it to Stacey and we'll try and link it in the show notes, but it promotes like healthy, these healthy levels of things. And so, you know, what I would say to all of y'all listening and, you know, anyone going into this season, potentially going into this season, going through the season right now, you know, whatever is, you know, you know your body best and it might feel like the biggest out of body experience postpartum. I mean, it really does because you're like, okay, my body's not functioning the same. Like all of these weird things are happening. I now have a baby. I'm not sleeping, like all of the things. But, you know, from like, I think the biggest thing that I want to get across is that it's okay to get medication if you need it. It's okay. It's okay to not feel bad that you need postpartum depression medication. But play a little bit of like devil's advocate here. And I will say, I'll straight up say, I was on depression medication postpartum. And did it help? Yes. But do I feel like it helped me in the long term? No. Um, But that was just because I don't really feel like my symptoms were that severe. And I feel like it was more just given to me. Like, oh, you feel a little bit depressy. You feel this. Like, here, take this pill. And I didn't know much about anything. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, this will make me feel better. And it did. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, it didn't, like, help me not feel less depressy. Like, no, it felt good. But... Stacy and I had a really big conversation about this, about like kind of what depression medication actually does to you and what it's doing to like your brain and your brain chemistry and why, like what is actually happening in there that actually makes us feel better. And then what happens like in the long term, because, you know, even me being on depression medication, postpartum depression medication my biggest thing was like, oh, I'll just take this. I'll just take it for right now to get me over the hump. And I've heard some people say like that that's all they needed. And then I've heard other people have a similar experience to what I had, which I was on it like right after Liam was born. And then I was on it until May of that following year. So about like six months. And I started trying to come off of it and my body was like addicted and it sucked. Like it sucks. Like from my point of view, it sucked feeling addicted to a medication. Like I I felt like I could not skip a day. I couldn't. And I don't feel like it was because my body truly needed the medication anymore. I feel like it was because it gets addicting. Like, you know, it's addictive. Like it's, you don't even know where your body is without medication. And again, like I'm not sitting here trying to say like, don't ever get on medication. Like it's so terrible for you. Like, no, if you need it, please, please get on it. Please reach out to somebody like, but I'm also trying to play a little bit of devil's advocate that like, it's hard. Postpartum is so freaking hard. It's okay to cry. That's it's normal. That and I think that that is the message that I'm mm-hmm. trying to get across. It's like we want to feel normal. We want to like get back to like oh my old bubbly self and my old body and this and that and like 
That's not your reality anymore. Your reality is mm-hmm. you're you're not sleeping properly. You're you're eating very off. You're feeding another baby, whether it's bottle feeding or breastfeeding. You're still up feeding the child, and if you are breastfeeding, your body has to like regulate and make all of that breast milk. Well, that's coming from somewhere, and so you need to just, we need to live in an era of like giving ourselves freaking grace and not looking at like social media and looking at, you know, the real housewives and like whatever, because that's not reality. You're not going to just wake up a day after you gave birth and it you're going to look like you did and feel like you did and be, have ample amounts of energy and not want to ball your head off. <laughs> like, you're probably going to cry your eyes out, uh, <laughs> you know, about the stupidest things. It's going to happen. But I think like just just knowing, I think that was one of my biggest things is I was very uneducated as to like what I was about to embark on as far as depression medication um, because it was really, really difficult for me to come off of. It was actually so difficult for me to come off of that – I like had gotten pregnant with Sawyer and because of the influx of hormones with Sawyer, I I couldn't come off of it. I I like was like postal and they suggested, you know, like don't come off of it. So then I was on this this pharmaceutical medication. I was like addicted to this pharmaceutical medication for the entirety of my second pregnancy. It was no longer postpartum depression. It was like, oh well, now I'm just medicating you know, pregnancy hormones and we're just going to stay on this medication, but they never, they also never educated me. And again, like I could have done my own education, but I don't think a lot of people, a lot of us do our own research. It's just not something we've been taught to do. You know, it's something we're trying to do more. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what Stacey and I are here trying to educate about, but I didn't realize the effects that it was going to have on my baby. And it did have effects on my baby. And, you know, towards the end of my pregnancy, they were, um, they like made me come in for multiple ultrasounds. And when I was asking why they said, oh, well, you know, the medication that I'm on, the depression medication can like reduce the amniotic fluid. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, you know, it's okay. It's okay it's not a big deal. And it's like, um, that's kind of like a big deal. And then when I got to the hospital, this was never, ever, 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 ever told to me the whole time. It was told to me that this was totally safe medication and whatever. Um, and then when I went and gave birth in the hospital, they said that due to the medication I was on, the depression medication, that, um, he could be like addicted like he could have symptoms like when he was born he could exhibit symptoms of addiction like an addicted baby like whether you're on you know like dr- wow. like legit drugs and that made me really really upset and then he actually had a lot of um just like issues he had um acid reflux and like just crazy things that like I now know that the medication that I was on not only was really hard on my system and things, but I was never encouraged to take a probiotic, which I now know is 
horrible. I should have been on a probiotic the whole time to help support my gut because when you take things like pharmaceuticals, whether it's depression medication or it's, you know, for a head cold, you're really stripping the gut microbiome. You're really changing and altering your gut's microbiome. So it's weakening your immune system. Um, you know, it's, it's weakening your gut microbiome and your microbiome like all over. So I tested positive for group B strep with both of my kids and group B strep is something that like you may or may not have, like they could test me tomorrow and I might have it and they could test me in two weeks and I might not have it. Like, it's just, it goes based off of the microbiome of your vaginal you know, like of your vagina and from my understanding. And there are different probiotic strands, strains that um, help in the efforts of like fixing that. So like if I went or if I didn't want to test positive for groupie strep at the beginning of my pregnancy, you know, I could be taking these probiotics that contain these different strains. And then I may potentially not test positive for groupie strep because I'm promoting the healthy microbiome. But when you test positive for group B strep, like I did with both of my boys, when you go to give birth, they give you tons of antibiotics, like a ton in an IV, because what they want to do is strip your vagina of all possible um, like bacteria, like bad bacteria is what group B strep is. It's the bad bacteria. So they want to strip that out. But when they give you the, um, when they give you the antibiotics, the heavy dose of antibiotics, it strips all of it. And when your babies are born via the vagina, they get a lot of their microbiome from you. They swallow it on the way out of the vagina. Well, if you don't have anything anymore, they're not swallowing anything when they come out. So they're already starting out life with a compromised microbiome, with a compromised immune system. And so that's when you see babies, a lot of babies who have um, their food sensitive, you know, to their mother's breast milk and things like that. Like, are these babies with these weakened guts and these weakened immune systems? And that's from like a variety of different things, but that's just one example is the group B strep situation. But yeah, it was kind of, kind of a, a downer to know that. And, you know, I will say that I stayed on the depression medication. I was probably on it for at least a full two years. And then, um, I was feeling really good and I was like, you know what? I'm not te- technically I'm not postpartum anymore. And that's what this was for. I was great before having kids. Like, I want to see where I'm at. I you know, and it was really difficult to come off of it. And again, I don't believe it was because I had depression anymore. I think it was because my body was addicted to it. And you know, but I will say I've been without it for years and years and I feel great. And honestly, the more that I have tried to balance my metabolism and balance my hormones and things like that naturally, you know, the depressy kind of feeling and anxiety and weepiness, like it does go away. Um, 
And, you know, if that comes with like your cycle, you can always try to just balance um, your hormones a little bit better. And again, there's some herbal tinctures that you could, you could take for that, but. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing all that. I I know (laughs) I knew some of that, but I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know um, some of those things like about, you know, the things when you got to the hospital with Sawyer and how that affected him and everything. So yeah, I think that's good to know. And I mean, I think like um, another big thing, which we didn't even talk about with the birth, but um, a huge kind of, I guess, like buzzword, I guess, when you're talking about birth or just medical um, medical situations in general is informed consent, you know? And I think, um, you know, if you do give birth, especially in a hospital, that's like a huge part is that, you know, if doctors or, you know, nurses or whoever are, um, you know, suggesting services or suggesting procedures like a cesarean or like a medication, you know, it's their responsibility to inform you of the full spectrum of side effects and, you know, risks and things like that so that you can make an informed decision, you know, that you can give your consent while informed, Um, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of times that doesn't happen because, yes, maybe they hand you like a three-page document and say, here, sign this, but like realistically, how many people do or really can sit there and read a three-page document you know, and fully understand. So, like, I understand that, like, yes, technically, maybe, you know, we could be. But, like, realistically, I feel like that's just not a good way of informing people because people aren't informed, you know. Just because they sign a paper doesn't mean that they're informed. And, you know, unfortunately, then even, yeah, with postpartum or pediatric care, like, once you have kids and you're taking them to a pediatrician, like, there's so many things that like, yes, maybe we sign a form, but we haven't really truly been informed and explained to us side effects or risks, you know? And, and it's sad that like things like that have to happen, um, you know, in order for us to like people to realize that like, Hey, this is a problem, you know? And, and it's like, I think Emily and I have both had experiences like that. where like in a weird way, we're kind of thankful for it because it's what, really pushed us to be more informed and make sure we know what the risks are before we do things like that. But, but it is, it's so hard. And like when you're postpartum, especially like Emily said, I wanted to like start applauding when she was saying like, it's hard. Like it's normal that it's hard. It's not abnormal. Like if you're crying when you're postpartum, it's not abnormal. That's normal, you know? And And it's unfortunate, I think, sometimes that, like, in the same way that pregnancy and birth are, that it's treated as this, like, illness or this, like, medicalized thing when it's just a natural part of the process. Now, yes, illnesses can come out of it, right? Like, postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis or things like that, that then, yes, that is a medical issue that needs to be be dealt with. But the normal things that are part of postpartum are normal. You know, it's normal that you have to rebalance your hormones. It's normal that your body has to recover and that, you know, your emotions and your yourself, you're adjusting to being a new mother. Or even if you already have kids, like you're adjusting to 
having another child, you know, and bonding with that child. Like it's, it's, I guess it makes me sad that it's so looked at as this thing of, you know, like almost like there's something wrong with you if you're emotional, you know? Yeah, and, it's um, like an illness. And it's not, it's just, yeah, it's just normal. And you, yeah, and you definitely need a lot of support. And hopefully, you know, you have like your husband there who's very like able to support you and like seriously, like, Scott oh my gosh poor Scott like with both of them in those first two weeks like he probably thought I was going crazy but you know he was there to just be kind of the voice of reason if we could just you know have more conversations like this and make it feel more normal and also that it will pass right like it's not it's not permanent and that's one of the hardest things is I think when you're in it like that it feels like it's permanent yeah, but it feels it's like not. It It'll pass. Extended period of time. So, with all that said, you know, and we were really hoping we didn't want this to be like a negative thing that we talked about today. But you know, that is a huge part of it. Is like, you know, depression, and if not depression, like at least just, um, you know, hormones and and feeling either emotional or drained or weepy or or all those things, and so. On the upside, though, Emily, what would you say are some of, like, the best parts, if you can remember, from, like, those first few weeks, like, I don't know, the first six or eight weeks postpartum? So I feel like, you know, definitely it feels calm if you allow it to be. Like, it can feel crazy, but it can also feel, like, really calm, you know, because you have slower mornings, you know, it's slower days. You're not really rushing around to go anywhere. And I will say that that was easier with one child. You know, with baby number one, you know, y'all better just enjoy baby number one. <laughs> because baby number one, it's like it will never get easier than that. And I know that that sounds crazy to the people who have never had a baby before. And then, you know, they have baby number one and it's like, well, what do you mean? And like, this is a culture shock. Like, this is a shock because it's different, but it truly will never be easier than that. Um, so with baby number one, I th- I would say like the slow, the slowness, like where you can just – I don't know, like do, do whatever you want. Like, and the baby just, you just take the baby along with you and you just sit them like, I don't know, sit with them. Like it was more just like a chill situation. Baby number two, I feel Mm -hmm. like it was just chaos because you're trying to have the chill situation, but it's not really happening because you have a toddler that you're like running around with and entertaining and there's loud toys everywhere. You know, you've now graduated into children that have loud toys where when you just had the first baby, (laughs) it was quiet. You know, they just had a cute little stuffy or something. But, um, so that was, that's like a special little, you know, experience I feel like. And just Mm. like how cute they are and the squishiness and stuff. But what about with you? Yeah, I like, oh man, I, it is funny because it's, I think you can like think of it in these two halves like because sometimes depending on what I'm thinking of it's like I think about postpartum and I just think oh man I'm so glad it's over like that immediate postpartum but then you know I think about other things and then I think of it like oh my gosh I'm so sad it's over you know and like I think some of the best parts are just 
like how babies smell like when they're really little like that. Oh my gosh. Like they just smell so good. They just, (laughs) I don't know. It's like that newborn smell. Yeah. And they're just so like warm and just, yeah, squishy and cuddly and, and it's so fun when they're really little and they aren't super aware yet because it's almost like I can almost picture them like that this is what they would do in the womb. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the movements they do and and um and stuff like that. And oh, I just yeah, man, those little snuggles and just how they're so teeny tiny and you can just they're so beautiful. And and I will say, like I think the same thing, and I hadn't thought of it like that until you said that, but yeah, it is a very, like, those first few weeks, it's just a very calm, you know, because your baby sleeps a lot generally, and so you, you I think, get in this more mode of, like, being more quiet and calm, and, you know, when they're sleeping, you just are kind of sitting there with them or, you know, relaxing with them or whatever, and that's really nice, and then even with... um with Judah, um, it was, it was so nice. Cause I, I, because I had torn so badly, I did have to really kind of take it slow, you know, with my physical recovery too. And so I ended up staying in bed for several days pretty much. Um, and just to rest and recover. And so basically Judah and I would just, you know, hang out upstairs together in the bed and, um, and then Scott would take care of Penelope. And, and honestly, that was super nice. And I, I didn't appreciate it at the time because, you know, I was struggling with, you know, some like the hormones and the the sadness and all that stuff. But, man, that was that was such a nice break just to have time to rest and um, hang out with Judah and then, you know, watch. I watched like a bunch of Gilmore Girls. I watched like I think I watched like I watched so much Gilmore Girls. Because, um, I mean, there was nothing else to do. Like, I would hang out with Judah, but he was, you know, asleep most of the time. Um, I remember I watched the home edit. Like, I think the second season of the home edit had just come out when he was born. So I, like, binged that. And um, anyway, so that was really special. And then just, like, also Penelope meeting him for the first time was really so cute and we had that on video and I'm so glad we do. She just was so excited and, um, and yeah. And then, and then just like adding a new person to your family, like, um, because you've, you know, been waiting so long and like knew they were coming, but it's like then when you finally actually get to meet them, it's really cool. And just can finally see like what colors their hair, what color are their eyes and, um, so it is. It's like such a sweet time and such a hard time. <laughs> it's like such yeah, a weird exactly. dichotomy. Yeah. But um but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all we were going to share tonight. We wanted to keep it a little shorter just cuz our last couple episodes have been pretty long. And um so yeah, we hope that this was um again like we always say encouraging and or informative for you guys and um, and, and, and like Emily said, feel free to reach out. Like if you maybe are planning to have kids or maybe you're currently in the postpartum, be like, feel free to reach out to us and, um, on Instagram and, and it is, it is hard, but it helps when you have people to talk to. And when you realize that you're not the only one going through that and that, 
it's normal and you'll get through it. And so, yeah, please feel free to reach out and, um, and reach out to the people around you too, your family. Yeah, it can feel isolating, but it doesn't have to, you know, like reach out to people who have gone before you and gone through it. Um, because there are a lot of resources out there and things like that. And, you know, if you do feel like you're having postpartum depression or something like that, it's good to talk about that. You know, there's no shame in talking about it, whether you think like, maybe I do have postpartum depression, maybe it's just normal, you know, like what is normal? It's it's good to talk about those things because it's better to talk about it than to suffer in silence. All right. Okay. So that is where we are going to end for this week. Um, And next week, we are going to be having on some special guests, two of our favorite male special guests. (laughs) Um, They don't know it yet, but they're going to be super excited. (laughs) So tune in next week to um, hear a little bit from them and kind of like their take on birth and, you know, becoming a parent and things like that. So, but before we end, I wanted to share this verse with you guys. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. It's come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I just thought that that was so perfect, you know, when it comes to postpartum and things like that. All right, let's pray, guys, before we part ways for the week. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time that we can have together, Lord. I pray that um, as we all think about um, postpartum and our postpartum experiences or the ones that we, we will have, I just pray, Lord, that you would give us comfort and that you would also give us clear minds that we can see what is true and about what we're going through. And I just pray that you would just really help any women who are going through that, Lord. Please bring other women and family and friends around them um, to support them and help them to realize that it's normal and it's, it is difficult, but that it, it will get easier. And um, I just pray that you would help their husbands, Lord, that they would know how to support their wives through through this process and also encourage husbands as they adjust to new fatherhood, as they adjust to the, um, the physical changes for them that happen with lack of sleep um, and things like that. And so I just thank you so much that even though it is such a difficult time, I thank you that we get to have children, that we get to take care of them, and that we get to just um, love them and have them as part of our families. And I just pray that you would encourage those who are maybe struggling with adjusting to new parenthood, that you would help them to see that and help them to see how worth it it is. And um, so I just thank you so much for this time that we can have together to just share with each other and encourage each other. And I just pray that the people listening would be encouraged. And um, we just thank you for this time that we can have together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Um, So yeah, that is it for tonight, guys. I am super excited for next week. I think I'm, I'm so excited. We have been wanting to get the husbands on for a while. And so we thought that this would be the perfect time. 
that we could get their take on this whole pregnancy, birth, postpartum experience. And so I think it will be a very uh, informative as well as a very entertaining episode. So uh, we will be back with that next week. So until then, we hope you guys have a good week. And just remember that we love you guys. Join us for a new episode every Monday as we continue to share our journeys of faith, marriage, and motherhood. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave a review or comment. We would love to hear from you. You can also find us on Instagram at momcallingpodcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, there is so much joy in this journey.